Isaiah 48, verse 17. That was good, that song they started out with this morning about the, I am the Lord your God, your Redeemer, fear not. I think I got it sort of backwards. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, you are mine. It goes on and talks about passing through. Um, Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit. Everybody say, teaches you to profit. Who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Um, I think the Lord really wants to teach us that this morning. Who leads you by the way you should go. Um, the Lord really wants to, to release that into our lives. And God has a way for every man to go. And, and the, it says He teaches us to profit. And I believe uh, this. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm talking about money right now. Just so we can go ahead and get that out there. Just so you'd know, wouldn't be suspecting. <laughs> God wants to teach us to profit uh, in every area of our life economically, spiritually, physically. Um, but he has a specific way that he does that. He has a way that we should go. In, and if we would follow that way, okay, it says our peace would have been like a river and our righteousness like the waves of the sea, of the sea which is pretty, you know, two significant things. River, river's a pretty powerful thing. And the righteousness and the waves of the sea are pretty, pretty powerful. And then it talks about your offspring, the, all, your children uh, being multiplied. And... Um, I believe that we're living in a time where God wants us to teach us that He has a, a, an economic plan that, that the, the body of Christ needs to connect into. And um, what has happened in the church over the past few years is the church has been wounded in the area of finances because of people who have had wrong teachings or wrong uh, actions with money. And therefore... People have uh, been, you know, have been wounded in their own hearts concerning that. Well, that wound needs to be healed, so we can walk in the economic plan that God has for us. So we can't be afraid to face the issues of finances, and we need our finances healed. We need our hearts healed concerning finances. And I believe if we would go in the way that we should go, God's way. God has a way financially. And, and I believe if we would do that, then we would reap the benefit. And I believe there's a, probably someday in the future, uh, maybe your day is right this moment, uh, but certainly someday in the future, the economic systems of this world will fail. They will fail. And God wants a people who can live in another invisible economic system, His economic system. And part of being uh, prepared... You know, we've had a lot of words about getting prepared. You know, the Lord trying to prepare us, make us the people, that song we just sing. All that, has, you know, God wants to teach us His ways and the way He does uh, things. And I believe this about, one thing about money. I believe God will take care of every Christian regardless of what they do financially. I've seen it over and over and over. People who, who are absolutely 
stingy and give nothing to God, they still have food and they still have covering. Now, they are in bad shape. Many of them are. We, we, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because God will, has promised us that in the Bible, that, that His people won't be left to beg. Uh, I believe that's the truth. But I also believe uh, we're talking about being prosperous. We're talking about profiting. You will not profit like that. You, you may survive, okay, but you won't profit. So I'm talking about a different thing. I'm not talking about surviving. I'm talking about being profitable uh, financially. And I, that's just sort of my personal view. I think the Scripture really totally backs up what I just said, that, that there's no law about giving, uh, but there is uh, a way that God wants us to, to profit. And I know that goes against what most people believe. Um, so you're not under any uh, obligation to give. God's going to feed you. You may eat nasty beans with rocks in them. You know, that really may be the outcome of it. But if you would step into God's economic plan, that's another story. And, and, and one of the ways that, in the way everything else works in God's kingdom is always works backwards, you know, it seems. As, you know, in the natural realm, to be able to, to grow financially as you save and, and, and make certain investments. In God's kingdom is, is you, do ex- you give. You give. I mean, that's just the truth. And uh, that's what releases God to be able to flow in your life. Now, a lot of you may say, be sitting there saying, well, my experience is... Well, we're not talking about your experience this morning. We're talking about the Bible and what the Word of God says. Amen? Y'all, are y'all with me on this? Now, I will be honest with you. Uh, the reason I'm saying this is we have certain financial needs in the church. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, if we didn't have them, I probably wouldn't be saying that, but that's not a good thing because God allows those things to, pro- to provoke things to be said and done because of what He wants to be accomplished. So God's bigger than, than what we realize. Many times He will use circumstances to drive you to a place that you need to be driven to, to get the truth. And so I'm not saying that j- just for the benefit to get you to give more money this morning. Okay, I, I do, would like for you to do that. But I also am saying it for your personal benefit, my personal benefit, that we would have that heart that we could be profited in the future. And when, when the economic systems of the world, of America, collapse, that we can be living from another source, a supernatural source. And we'd already learned how to live like that. We'd already learned uh, how God's system works. Are you all with me on that? So that's simply what I'm saying to you. There's no... No obligation on any of this. Um, you know, we are absolutely going to trust the Lord. And if, any, any, if there's any place in the world that needs to learn to live supernaturally, it's, it's the body of Christ. Isn't that right? If there's any place. And we need to, we need to start, start here. So, you going to say the announcements, Brian, or you don't want to? You don't, you don't, Brian, oh, let's just, Brian is not going to do the announcements. Okay. This is going to pay him back for this. <laughs> Payback's difficult. I'm going to do the announcement. Let's pray for uh, Matthew Bollinger. His, his granddaddy died, and he is there uh, with their family, taking care of getting his granddaddy buried and all that. So the Lord bless Matthew and his family on the loss of his, his granddaddy. Um, you can look in your bulletin. If you can't read, possibly you could ask somebody who can to read it to you. <laughs> But there will be a Christmas play on December the 11th at the church for Mooresville Christian Academy. Um, that would be a fun thing to come to, to see if you're not familiar with that ministry. 
uh, be a good thing to come and get familiar. There'll be a lot of people here that you don't know that are not part of this church since 80% of the people who are in, enrolled in Roarsville Christian Academy are people outside of our church, which is pretty good, isn't it? Isn't that right? Isn't that good? It should be good. It's, it's a, becoming a mission to the community. So, but there are 20% of the people who are, enrolled, who are in our church, and they'll be in, involved in that, so you can come and support those 20% if, if you don't care anything about the 80%. <laughs> And one day you will, because you will understand the Great Commission. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's just messing with you. We're going to have a Christmas party at the church on Friday, December 19th at 7 o'clock. And what you must do, uh, Bunny has, you know, like a Christmas variety show where you display your talents, whatever they may be, spiritual or non-spiritual, but not carnal. <laughs> and, I mean, no carnal stuff in the... Just, but it can be. It doesn't have to be. You know, last year we had Elvis Presley sing, and he, but he didn't show the carnal side of Elvis. You know. Anyways, if you would like to do that, see Bunny. She'll allow you to do that. Uh, on Wednesday there'll be a life group over at Bunny's house at seven o'clock. You'll be invited. Huh? Okay, it got moved to Tuesday. So y'all mark that in your bulletin. Move it to, to Tuesday. Uh, on, I told you that on Thursday about the MCA party. And then Friday nights, you should come to the Friday night meetings. They are very impressive. The Lord's doing stuff. Um, it was pretty awesome. One of the things the Lord did for me is, this is craziness. This is, this is absolute craziness. Friday night, the Lord started giving me all kinds of prophetic stuff. The problem was, it was all coming in songs. Okay? And I, could, I couldn't say it. I had to sing it, but the problem is I thought about it so much, I got myself so wrapped up that I couldn't, you know, I was a mess there. But I got, finally got Sarah Ruth up there, and she sang, sang it for me, some of it. So I would tell her, and she'd sing it, because uh, I just got, I couldn't, it got to right here, I couldn't get it out. She kept hitting something. It was what I, it was my brain it was hitting. My brain was saying, you can't do this, don't do this, you're a fool. <laughs> But that's going through a threshold. Because I'll say, why in the world would you give a guy who can't sing prophetic words in song? That's stupid, Lord. I mean, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He never told me. I told him myself. So it was interesting. Uh, but it is a place to really uh, experience the Lord in a different way. Uh, I think it's really the Lord what we're doing. I'd like to encourage people to get involved in it and... Especially if you're a person who wants to uh, be involved in what, you know, go beyond. Okay? Go beyond where you're at. That's a good place to go try it out. And you can make a fool of yourself and nobody gives a rip because we're just all trying to find Jesus. Amen? So, anyway, that's all the announcements. Let's have the offering plates up here, guys, and we'll pray and, and then we'll have, a, we'll have a guest speaker. Kids, go. Goodbye. Lord, bless the kids. Over the years, God has kept me. God has kept me. Where other men that I've known have fallen into sin or fallen into error or died because they weren't obeying the Lord, but the wisdom that God gave me was the wisdom to walk with Him. Now, that's the wisdom we all want. So when we come into the end, we say, the Lord's kept me. Amen? Those are impressive things about a person. I, I feel like those are God things in a person. So I just want to share that's my introduction for Tony and Janet, his, his lovely wife. And you took the tie off, man. What's wrong with you? 
you took away. The eagle has landed. <laughs> he, had a, he had a tile this morning that had an eagle on it. I was saying, the eagle's landed. <laughs> Tony, you can come on up here now if you want to. <laughs> and Janet, if you want to come, you know, if you'd like to say something, you're certainly welcome to. Janet's the, she's really the linchpin in this whole deal. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> If there's a little aqua puree in the house, please, I would be grateful. Thank you so much. That's translating means water. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Very good to uh, be with you all today. And um, firstly, I've asked my wife to share a testimony uh, happened in our family recently, and then I shall follow up uh, with a short message as I'm only five foot four and a half. <laughs> And the half is pride, at any rate. Thank you. So I'll hand you straight over to my wife and then we'll go to there. This is my wife, incidentally, Janet, of coming up 42 years and five children. And after you've... Amen. Thank you. It is a joy to be with you today. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and Tony wanted me to share this testimony about our son... Uh, we were given two lovely daughters by the Lord and then when I was expecting our third child Tony was convinced it was a little boy we didn't have sonograms in those days so we trusted yes this was a boy from the Lord and so we discussed his name and I said to my husband well John means gift from God isn't that a good name so he said yes that's fine until one day the Lord told Tony the name that he had for our son and it was not John so I said to Tony well what name does the Lord have and he said I'm not going to tell you you have to ask the Lord yourself so I asked the Lord what the name of our son was and I, I didn't hear anything one day I was um, house cleaning and this slight impression came through my mind Daniel and I said to myself, oh, I don't like that name, so I just dismissed it. <laughs> a few days later, I was washing dishes, and again, just a slight impression, Daniel, passed through my mind. Again, I said, oh, no, I don't like it, and that was that. Well, a little later, I went to church on Wednesday night, and Tony was home taking care of Rachel. I stepped into our little cottage after the meeting, and Tony said to me, you've brought bondage home with you. I thought, I've just come from church. I mean, how can I bring bondage home from church? He said, I've been praying here, and I know you've brought bondage home. So kneel down, and I'm going to pray over you. So I knelt down, and he began to pray. And he revealed that I had a spirit of fear in me, which was true. I was really getting um, disturbed about the birth of this baby. And the reason I was disturbed was because I had been to the hospital to visit one of our friends and she'd had a really rough time giving birth to her baby. And her husband was an evangelist who used to preach healing and saw many miracles happen. And so when I went to the hospital and saw his little wife there alone, 
her husband was out on the road and she'd had this really tough time, I opened myself up to fear. And so Tony spoke over me and as soon as he said, you have a spirit of fear in you, I knew it was true and the fear left. And then after that he said, furthermore, I have named this child. And I thought to myself, God, does that mean that that word Daniel in my mind was from you? I mean, it was such a slight impression. So I said to Tony, um, I do have a name. So he said, well, what is it? I said, it begins with D. He said, yes. It's in the Old Testament. Yes. I said, is it Daniel? And he said, hallelujah. And so we knew that the Lord had named our son. Well, the Lord blessed us with two more daughters after our son. And as Christian parents, we all want our children to know and love the Lord above everything else in life. So we do what we know to do. But our son grew, and when he was an adult, he chose to walk in the ways of the world. And we didn't know a lot of things that he was into, but he always, if you had said to him, Daniel, are you a Christian? He would say, oh yes, certainly. And he always noticed other Christians and what they were doing. But he walked in the ways of the world. And then in the fall of 1999, he came to us. Um, I, I think five years ago it was, he suffered a very painful divorce. And he was so hurt and rejected by this divorce that he allowed his business, which had been flourishing, to go to ruin. And he became deeply in debt. Eventually, he came to us and he opened up his heart. And he said, Mom and Dad, I'm deeply in debt. My life is a total failure. Um, will you help me? Well... There was no way we could deliver him from his situation, but we prayed with him and helped him as best we could. And he went out from our house, but it really affected me. And I thought to myself, how can I go and speak to other people about the Lord Jesus when I'm such a failure as a mother? And so I still traveled with Tony, but I began to draw back more and more from speaking. And every time I prayed for our son every day, it was as though this crushing burden was upon me and I would weep and weep before the Lord and I couldn't see a way out. Well, we came here, um, I think it was about 1999, and after leaving your fellowship, we went down to Canda, North Carolina, which is a tiny little town, and there was flu in the area and Tony was to take two midweek meetings. Well, because of the flu, the pianist um, couldn't come, so they had asked a minister from another church to come and lead worship. But then they said, that there are only going to be about ten people in the meeting. Do you still want to, to speak, Tony? And Tony said, oh yes, that's fine. As long as the Lord's present, that's fine. So we went to the first little meeting. And this dear brother who led worship played the keyboard as though there were a thousand people present. There were ten of us in this little schoolroom, and he just put all he'd got into it. And it was wonderful. And then Tony stood up to speak, 
And this gentleman had a prophecy for Tony. And it was so accurate. So the second night, I said to Tony before the meeting, Tony, please don't ask me to speak tonight. The Lord hasn't given me anything to share. So he said, that's fine. So we went to the meeting. Tony stood up and he said, Now, Janet, I want you to come up and share tonight. (laughs) So I remained on my chair and I said, No, we agreed that I was not to share tonight. And then I noticed the gentleman who'd given the prophecy to Tony the night before stand up and begin to come towards me. And I absolutely froze. He had had such an accurate prophecy for Tony that I was really afraid. And he came over to me and he began to prophesy. And he revealed the secrets of my heart, right down to thoughts that I'd had. And then in the middle of the prophecy, he stopped. And it seemed he got into another gear and he said, you look upon your own family situation and you say you have come short. Concern yourself no longer. I'm going to break habits and cut off relationships that have tried to destroy your seed. I'm going to bring him out of the deep, dark pit and out of the denial that he is facing. I'm going to bring him out and I'm going to deliver him for I have a hook in his jaw and my arms around him. And even the calamity that he is facing at this day, at this very hour, it has been a circumstance that I have allowed the wind to send his way that he might stir himself again and call upon the God of his youth. For I have not even begun to do, for I have promised that out of your seed would come forth a man-child who will deliver the word, and he is that one that I promised. I will not fail you, I will not forsake you. Do not say, you have not done all, but say, I have done it with my all. And then the prophecy went back to my situation again. Well, as you may imagine, those words were such an encouragement to me. And the crushing burden left. I continued to pray for him daily, but now I had words of hope and comfort and life. Well, a whole year went by and outwardly nothing happened. He was still in desperate straits, but after a year, something caused him to return to the church where he'd grown up and he began to go regularly. But still there were times when he was greatly discouraged and still things weren't right. And then one day we invited him to dinner And he came home and he said, Mum and Dad, I'm thinking about going to that church in Tampa called the River. You know, there's that man, Rodney Howard Brown there. Well, he said, I've heard such strange things about that man. I don't know if it's safe to go to his church. What do you think? So we said, Daniel, we've both been greatly blessed through his ministry. We were in his meetings ten years ago. You need to go. You need to find out. People say things, but you need to go to the source and find find out for yourself. So Daniel went to the river. And it was tremendous. 
he felt the power of God there and the presence of God in such a mighty way, he was totally transformed. It was just as though he'd been born again. He spent hours on the carpet and God delivered him and set him on fire. He kept waking up in the night and he'd read his Bible and he'd always said, I can't read my Bible because I get a headache every time I try. And we'd given him glasses and that was no help. And he came to us so excited, he said, Mom and Dad, God must have done a miracle on my eyes because I can read my Bible now without any problem. I don't need glasses. And he, um, he was just on fire for the Lord. Well, a year ago, Tony asked him to speak in our local assembly. And he came and he gave his testimony. And he called the title of his message, From Desperation to Destiny. And he spoke so fluently, it was wonderful. And he knows that God has called him for something. But he knows that at this time, he has to work hard in the job where he is. And it was wonderful because on Christmas Day, he proposed to a lovely Christian girl who's never been, who had never been married before, a spirit-filled girl who works for an evangelist. And then, at the beginning of the year, he had to go through the bankruptcy courts because his debts were so great and he'd fought against that so hard. But he went through the bankruptcy court and just at that time, a Hebrew Christian businessman in Tampa whom he had worked for many years before came to him and said, Daniel, I want you to join my company. I've just started a new company and I need someone with experience. Will you come on board? And so God provided him with a job so that he could work hard and start to repay some of those debts. In July, I think it was the 18th, he and Jill were married. We've known Jill's parents for over 20 years. And so what a joy it is to see God's words coming to pass in his life. And I just want to finish by reading this scripture. It's Isaiah 59:21, and this is what it says. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you. Amen. Just ask the, the Lord to bless his word to us and we'll go from there. We've already had the word in many ways this morning through the worship and through Janet's testimony. Let's just ask him to continue <coughs> with us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy to us. We thank you that you are the hound of heaven that pursues until you catch the quarry that you're after. 
Thank you, Father, for capturing our Daniel. And we just pray for everybody here, Lord, who may be in this similar situation this morning with somebody out there eating with the pigs this morning, Lord. May in their heart something say, I will arise and go to my Father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. No more worthy to be called thy son. And Lord, you'll greet them with open arms. May people be encouraged and grant them, Lord, a testimony in the coming days that my son, my daughter, my relations were restored, even beginning from this Sunday, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, we say what we prayed the other night in the whole meeting. Speak, Lord, for your servants heareth with the intention of obeying. We thank you, Jesus. And all God's children said... Amen. Amen. That testimony still brings uh, tears to my eyes, actually, as I think of our Daniel now and the new joy uh, that we have found. That's solid. Excuse me, that'll do on there. Um, and firstly, before I go any further, I want to thank dear Byron and Becky for um, receiving us. Uh, really thrilled to see what's going on this morning those lovely dervishes dancing as unto the Lord and uh, can't help thinking that it comes out of the Friday night body ministry type thing there, that that carries over on the Sunday. I think it lays down a foundation uh, for what we had this morning as I closed my eyes and uh, enjoyed when joined in the worship. I couldn't help hearing the choir, a heavenly choir. Many multitudes were with us this morning. Amen. Wonderful may have a word for dear Aaron in particular this morning, but it might be for a number of people here. Um, I just saw the uh, gear stick of the car, the rather fast, smart car with a, you know, the low centre of gravity and a very high debt situation. And um, uh, uh, I was seeing it changed into a plane that a person, a builder, would plane with. You know, maybe they don't do it much now because all that, but, you know, he would plane... I believe the Lord was saying through that that there would be uh, maybe one in particular, but number here this morning that God is exchanging that sort of life in the fast lane which was leading under destruction to make you a builder in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I do thank dear Brian and Becky. We've had lovely fellowship. I was quite startled on Friday night. I've been in body ministry before, but I, as Brian was explaining to me, an era has passed. And we've got to be willing to let church be what God wants it for the youth of the nations and not what we're seeing. We, we go to England vaguely. We had 22 meetings recently there. And we have friends there that say that a lot of people, gangs off the streets that are coming in, will not sit and, and take the usual church service. And we've got to accommodate them, is that right, according to the spirit of the living God. And then we want to, uh, so many people um, we could uh, thank here today. I've got B&B, &B, then I've got dear old Philip and Grace, the rest of the family, and then John and Sue. We had lovely fellowship in their house the other uh, night. We had a Down syndrome.